Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Uh, you can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. Uh, my weekend was pretty good. And then uh, woke up Monday disorganized and... Um, What's the old cliche, you know, if your head wasn't attached to your body, you know, you would forget it kind of thing. It's been that kind of morning, but we will regroup with a little help from our friends and um, we'll uh, move on on this Monday. We are now, the number is 10. Tomorrow will be single digits, single digits tomorrow. Not to, today, though, is still 10 days away from the NFL draft. And we will. I, I, I've kind of OD'd. I mean, I'm just so, you know, I'm so over worrying about this. And so it just needs to happen. But we still have 10 more days before we get to the NFL draft. And I, you know, we. We talked, obviously, a lot about the Saints and what we think the Saints might do. Um, This week, we'll start kind of looking at trying to figure out what other teams are going to do. I've made some tweaks, but I don't know if I'm going to go back or not from what uh, I originally did. So, I don't know. We'll... um, it's again like Raymond keeps saying. It's 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 the season of misinformation, and it is, and that is accurate. It's just what information to believe and which one not to believe. Which team will really do the stupid thing by picking a quarterback, and which teams won't? And so we'll try to guess on that again. The, Trying to get stuff right is it can be difficult. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not. Normally, you can get number one right. I, I don't know. I'm heading towards getting number one wrong because right now, the way I'm sitting now, again, we have ten more days. Ten more days, but I, I'm just. I'm not even. I'm not even convinced that the consensus number one pick is really a consensus number one pick, and we'll 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 get to that. Uh, later in the show, it was an interesting weekend as the NBA playoffs started. Some upsets, some lower seeds won anyway. I guess some people have trouble when, when with Luka not playing saying that's an upset. I, I guess that's fair. I mean, seeds-wise, it's an upset, but is it really an upset when, one, when the higher seed Plays without its best player. I guess I could listen to that argument. Uh, the game that obviously everyone in the ESPN division area are, are, are all fired up about was the Celtics and the Nets game last night and or yesterday. It was obviously a good game. And 
was a one-point game and a lot of the games were not one-point games, even though it wasn't chalk, as I said, because, you know, the Grizzlies got beat. And, and, I, and I wonder how much of that has to do with what happens to baseball teams. It's a subject we talk fair amount about. It's like, how do you finish seasons if you're really bad or if you're really good? And the Grizzlies have been coasting. They've kind of, you know, they coasted to the finish line. Well, the, the Timberwolves didn't. The Timberwolves had to win games down the stretch to secure the seven. And then they had to win a play-in game to get in. And, and they, they didn't coast as much. And it, 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 it's, it, we've seen it happen a lot, especially in baseball, where teams clinch in like early September – and they just coast for the last three weeks. And, you know, you try to get healthy and you try to set up your rotation and all that. And then some play-in team or play, you know, wild card team comes in and beats you. We've seen it happen multiple times. It, you know, what's better? To be in a groove and be hot and be fired up and be on a roll or be rested? I mean, most of us want to clinch early. We want our teams to win and get in this grade, but that doesn't always mean that you're as ready to win a game on the field as a team who's on a roll and has been having to play important games and you haven't played an important game in like a month. (laughs) And so you're just not ready. That team beats you, even though over the course of the season, you're better than them. So I kind of think that's what happened. With the T Wolves and the Grizzlies, but we'll see how 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 that series played out plays out. And um, you know, the Pelicans did not win, but I mean again, the the, the thing for the Pelicans to me was just getting to this point. No one expects them to beat the Suns. Like no one does. I don't know if anyone expects anyone to beat the Suns. Uh, man, you got to give them credit, no question. The, the kind of season they're having, um, just just fabulous how good they've been from beginning to end. All right, so any comments that you may have about the NBA playoffs, certainly we can um, do that as well. College baseball, I, I, I kind of thought LSU would lose, would lose two out of three. It did, they did a little worse than that. You know, they could have won game one. The other two, they just didn't hit enough. And, um, but you know, if you look at the SEC, Tennessee's doing really good, and Arkansas's doing really good. I, I don't know that LSU's far behind any other team. Even Vanderbilt's not doing as good as they normally do. So, you know, we're about halfway through. Let's just kind of see how it plays out. But you know, look, a lot of teams are going to lose at Arkansas, especially. I think Arkansas on the road, they, they seem to be more of really, really good at home and just pretty, just really good on the road, like beatable. And so we'll see how, how that plays out. But I know it's never fun to get swept. The, the Cajuns really should have swept Monroe. Um, but again, even in college sports, you know, me talking about how many runs you score is really a Major League Baseball thing. But, but, but you never really, you never, you never really want to 
win 14 to 2. And and the Cajuns won 14 to 2 on Friday. One thing that good that they did they sh- you know they they didn't score a bunch of runs the next game. They had 5, but they kind of, you know, looked like they were just going to coast to a so-so victory and then they give up 5 in the ninth. And then on Sunday, still I think kind of on the downside of of getting 19 hits, you know, you got to pay the piper a little bit for that. And they didn't get a lot of hits, but they made every hit count. They were extremely, um, extremely efficient with their hits. And so it is um, it, that that was good to see. They got the win. It would have been nice to get the sweep, but they didn't. On the softball side, they ended up the, on the softball side, they ended up getting a sweep. It was not pretty. Uh there was nothing pretty about this sweep. But it was um it was a sweep. And so we'll see they're going they you know, they play in St. Louis tonight. Uh, or late this afternoon, and then they're scheduled to play Illinois. It was originally going to be a doubleheader. Now it's a single game. They play in Indiana on Wednesday. There was some talk about maybe making that a doubleheader, but probably just a single game. And then they got to go to App. So brutal week of travel um, for spring break, and we'll see how how the Cajuns can do in that one. The pitching was you know, really bad at times in the in the series in Mobile. Uh, the hitting started out really good and, and kind of bailed them out. And, you know, at other times the pitching was really good and they didn't need a lot of hitting. So it was just a really strange series. I don't know that it was like – it was nowhere near as good of a series performance-wise as the weekend before at home against – against Troy, but the bottom line is they got the three wins if they, they control their destiny. If the, if the softball teams wins the rest of their games, they will win the conference championship again. And again, how many of us at the beginning of this season, after watching this young team after a few weeks, were saying that... Um, we're saying that the Cajuns are going to lose the series this year. Well, they haven't lost one yet. I mean, I was like, man, I think they're going to be in jeopardy of losing a series this year. Because remember, they haven't lost a home series in, what was it, seven or eight years. I mean, I haven't lost a Sunbelt Conference series in like seven or eight years. So I'm like, man, it might end this year. Might end. And yet it's still going. Uh, You know, on paper, there isn't anyone else that should beat them. Now, that doesn't mean somebody can't beat them. It's still sports. You still got to perform, and this is still a young team with a lot of holes. But um, it is. Um, it was. It was. The results were encouraging. Let's put it that way. The um, how they play and the level of play in certain areas needs to still get a lot more consistent, especially away from home. But the results were were great. So overall, it was a for Cajuns. You know, it was, it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, still, obviously, LSU, you never like to, to get swept. But it's um, it was at Arkansas, so it's not like the end of the world kind of thing. 
and we'll see how that plays out. Astros are very encouraged by uh, watching Justin Verlander. I was, you know, he was he was really his two performances have been the brightest spot of this early season. The Astros are the only team in Major League Baseball that hadn't played a home game yet. They will actually have their home opener tonight against the Angels. Um, I was hoping for two out of three, but my the goal was really to win one out of three, have a winning road trip, um, and they and they were able to do that. They 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 went five and four. It wasn't great, you know. They should have they should have could have would have won in Arizona on uh, Wednesday, but they didn't. They didn't come close to winning the games in Seattle that that they lost. Uh, you know. Those are just games you just chalk up well. You know, you just, you just, it's easy to get past those. You just get your face crushed. Now, it's always a little concerning when you have as good a pitching staff as the Astros do to see Arquiti get hit that hard. But again, it was it's the, it's the ninth game of a 10-day road trip, and you finally get to come home. And again, it's not just a 10-game. It was coming out of spring training, a 10 game nine-game, ten-day road trip. Kind of brutal, but it is what it is. And and uh, they went five and four. You can do a lot worse than five and four in a nine-game road trip. They've got to start hitting. They're not hitting at all. And again, like I always say, the worst, one of the worst things about baseball is the double play. This cat Brash was trying to walk the Astros to a win yesterday, but the Astros said no. They get, we're going to hit into a double play in the first inning. We're going to hit into a double play in the second inning. We're going to hit into a double play in the third inning. And we're going to hit into a double play in the fourth inning. Let's hit into 75 double plays today. Let's do that. Unbelievable. Cat, if you don't swing, you cannot hit into a double play. If you don't swing, you cannot hit into a double play. This cat's walking, everybody. Stop swinging. Oh, that was brutal. But anyway, they got their face crushed. That happens. It didn't happen often in Seattle, but it does happen. And so five and four road trip will come home and face MVP Central uh, starting tonight. We'll see how that plays out. All right, that'll do it for the first segment. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Continue to, I'd say, unpack my bag, but unfortunately I can't do that because I forgot my bag. (laughs) So it's just that kind of a morning. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline 
If you would like to get in, talk about the NBA playoffs, weekend in college baseball or softball, the NFL draft, Major League Baseball, whatever you would like. Uh, Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. want to tell you about Astro Weekend Getaway. The game would like to give you an Astro series. The first Astro Weekend Getaway is May 21st. Against the Texas Rangers, where you could win four tickets, a ballpark tour, hotel accommodations, that's Saturday night, and tickets, obviously, to the uh, Astros-Rangers game on May the 21st. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning. La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, Uh, again, if you would like to comment on any of the things happening over the weekend, certainly feel free to do so. And the game hotline, 706-0111, But um, there was, um, I, I think, one of the very popular predictions was Toronto upsetting the Sixers and Doc Rivers was very much kind of, you know, being questioned. And, you know, Harden was. Like, Harden's playoff history is not a great one. And Doc Rivers has had a lot of, you know, he had one shining moment, but other than one shining moment, a lot of people question, you know, how often he's underachieved in the postseason. But, you know, at least through one game, it seems like they're getting enough balance, and now it looks like the Raptors are injured. So in one game, when you look at, this it's amazing how the whole overview, the whole outlook, the whole narrative for that series is rapidly changed. Now we all get we all get to be prisoners in the moment a lot, especially in the postseason. So, you know, every time that happens, I think back to that, and again, the older I get, the years start to get a little a little fuzzy, but uh, that game one in its series, they call it the Boston Massacre, where the Lakers played a seemed like it was a Monday afternoon game, and, and, and against the against the Celtics, and got beat by like thirty five or forty points. It was just they just got their face crushed, and they came back and won. So I, I always think about that series in uh, that game. So it, you know things can change rapidly in a series, but. Man, just the whole narrative around that series has changed dramatically. Really, it it, it has with the uh, with Toronto and Philly, and they play again tonight. Uh, the Jazz, um, we'll see in Dallas how 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 you know. Obviously, the news around that series is very much about you know whether Luca's going to play or not. 
But, you know, the Jazz is a team that a lot of people just dismiss. I mean, they don't even take them seriously. Like, I, I, I wonder if even the Jazz fans take them seriously. I'm sure there's some diehard Jazz fans like, you know, like Lewis is for the Pelicans or like I am for the Astros or the, or the Saints, and, and they still believe in them. But outside of, of, I would think, most Jazz fans or at least some Jazz fans, I wonder if anybody in the country believes in the Jazz. Like, they just get dismissed. They're just like, um, this team, they're not bad. I don't think anybody thinks they're bad. It's just I don't know that anyone predicts the Jazz to win or make any kind of a run. Like, they're just kind of – they're good, but they're just kind of running in place. And so – but if they won the series, even if Luka doesn't play, I mean, I think that'd be more than anybody really thinks they're going to do. Although, if you say, well, Luka's not going to play any games, I'm sure a lot, I'm sure there were some people who would pick him, and then they would say, oh, the next series they're going to get beat. So, you know, Golden State opened some eyes. Uh, Denver's had some playoff success in recent years. They've advanced in the playoffs, at least. But I think most people kind of put them in the same category as the Jazz. So um, we'll um, we'll see how that goes. But no, at least there's some somewhat of an early intrigue in the NBA playoffs. It's not all chalk. I, I just I don't really like chalk. And so <clears throat> where you know the higher seats just blow everybody out, and it's just like why are we even going through these formalities? So you know, so far the Nets Celtics series has lived up to what it's supposed to be. Uh, I got, I got, I got no choice but to pull for the Nets. So I wish they'd have won. Won their uni- the, uni- the uniforms they looked last they they had last night looked good. The Celtics uniforms look horrendous. I mean, a, a, a franchise like the Celtics that has been around for so long and has had so much success, you you got to be more like the Yankees. Like you you can't be changing your uniform. That's just disgraceful. A franchise like if you're the Raptors or one of these teams, you change your uniform. Who cares? But when you're the Celtics, you can't do it. The Lakers do that junk too. They wear some awful. You can't do that when you're the Lakers and the Celtics. It's dreadful. It's embarrassing, and uh, they deserve to lose, but they didn't. So that's just kind of the way it is. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Paul. Hello. Hey, what are they going? How are you, sir? Oh, it's not glorious at all. I understand. I, I hate to make this phone call, especially to an Astro fan. And this, you didn't brainwash Hannah. She talking trash. Let me know her team won. <laughs> 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 Woo! But, man, what is going on with my Yankees, man? I mean, I'm, I'm, is, I get it as early. Is it just bad? I, I ain't got no answer. Well, I don't. I don't know the Yankees again. They, they've beaten people with talent for years. I don't think they have that much talent. The Yankees are the fourth most talented team in that division. Man, what I mean, it, 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 I mean from the, the moves that, that was already there. Besides the pitching, it looked like it was a home run hit. I don't know. Maybe it's early. I don't know. I, I don't want to have to push the panic, but but losing to that sorry team. Look, it's oh, extremely no. early. You've played basically one NFL football, the equivalent of one game. Like the, you know, one game has been played yeah. around that. So it 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 it, it, it is very early. 
But the only reason that I've picked the Yankees pretty high in recent years is their bullpen, and I, I don't know, certainly the back half, you still have some good arms in the pen, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's a complete bullpen right now. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not, you know, I picked you fourth, so I'm not surprised that, you know, that you have no, a little we had the break. bottom, we had the bottom. We lost to the bottom, so we had the bottom. Yeah, that, well, that no, just you're going to win more games than the Orioles. I, I do have a question for you, but now Dusty Baker used to play for the Dodgers, and he's your guy. How do you feel about that guy? Because I know you don't like the Dodgers. No, I don't like the punks, but I mean, I you know, and in the '80s, the Astros and the Dodgers had a nice little rivalry. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't. I guess I disliked those Dodger teams. I didn't hate them as much as I hated these punks that that play right now um but no i I don't i I think i think dusty's done a good job you know he's been with enough other organizations over the years and and so i I, i'm fine with dusty so so you didn't like him as a player for the dodgers but since he came to your team you're okay with i didn't i didn't hate him as a player i mean i didn't root for his team but i i i certainly I preferred him. I always kind of – I I didn't really hate a lot of the Dodger player. Like, I like Reggie Smith. He was a good player. Uh, I didn't really like Say or Russell. I like Lopes okay. Garvey was kind of nauseating. Uh, Jaeger was kind of nauseating. Um, but, no, I, I never I never really hated Dusty. You know what? I don't think nobody would ever believe that for no, it's true. I don't think the Dodgers were. I don't think the Dodgers were punks in the eighties and seventies. I rooted for them against the Yankees for sure. Oh uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you always. No, I definitely the rooted for them against the Yankees. Boy, that's uh, you did give us a little credit about our uniforms. I appreciate that. Yes, I, mean, I, I respect them for pretty, that. Yes, and, and I'm pretty sure you enjoying us being down right now. I'm pretty sure of it. Pretty oh, sure I, of I it. certainly, but, I certainly haven't shed any tears. No, sir. Well, I'm sharing some. I'm sharing some. It's not good. <laughs> it's okay. It hasn't That's been glorious at all. That's but, your job. It's very uh, early. It's very yeah, early. I'm about to let it push the panic button and if it keep going this route. But I'll see what it's going to do. You have a good one. All Chris. right. Take care. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I really, again, I didn't pull for the Dodgers. I wanted them to lose. But I, th- th- most of their players were not as disgusting, not just the huge punks that a lot of their players are right now. So I, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I outright hated the Dodgers in the seventies and eighties because again, in one now look, I didn't root for them. They were in my division, and, and you know they were kind of the ash. It was fun beating them, but um, and they were the Astros. In the 80s, you would say that was the Astros' biggest rival. But hasn't really been other than lately because they acted like punks um, in the last few years. But, but no, look, I understand it's, if, if your team's off to a rough start, it's not fun. But it's, it, it, it's, it's way, 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 way too early to be pressing the panic button. Now... If you're like, say, the Reds, and you had no expectations going in, and you got off to, and you're getting off to a bad start, 
then if you want to press the panic button, I get. But I think most Yankee fans were kind of conditioned to be relatively optimistic going into a season. And so I I wouldn't press the panic button just yet. All right. Well, we will take a timeout. Come back and um, maybe a little more NBA talk. But I want to start in the second hour. I want to start, um, get back to the NFL draft. We kind of got away from that on Thursday and Friday just for my own sanity. But we got to start getting some predictions down and start trying to figure this out. It's just way too complicated. We'll do that in in the next hour. For now, we'll take this time out. Be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. Want to remind you about Cajun Comic Relief taking place this Saturday at Angel Hall in the UL campus. Cajun Comic Relief. Uh, proceeds will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and will feature comedians and entertainers as Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan, uh, KDN news anchor Jeff Horshack, and our friend Raymond Porch III, RP3, will serve as co-MCs for the event. Tickets cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. Cajun Comic Relief. Saturday at Angel Hall. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Hello, sir. Hello, Kevin. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can. You can? Okay. Uh, First thing, did you see or hear the uh, interview with Mike Dettelier on your station last week? I think it was Friday. Uh, I think I did, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, now are you a little calmer? Because he said the Saints are going to keep their uh, draft choices and not uh, move. Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. But then you got Jeff Duncan and Catherine Terrell and all these guys predicting, you know, still saying that the Saints are going to take a, take a quarterback. Like, what are they well, thinking? Uh, I think uh, Mike said that uh, he didn't. Think uh, they were going to go for a quarterback? Well, I sure hope not. Well, I'm trying to calm no. down, but yes, go, sir. Go yeah. ahead. 
No, I'm trying to calm down, but I don't know why they're throwing the, you know, I don't know why these other ones who, you know, follow the Saints every day. and I don't know why they, they keep throwing this out. So, no, I, I agree with most things that Mike said in that interview. Yes, I agree. Okay. Now, for Mr. Paul, uh, Bobby hit it on the head. As long as we have the uh, owner that we have now, we're not going anywhere. I just, Mike, you know, and because uh, the checkbook is closed, he's not going after the high price guys. Yeah, but you can win another way. Like, you don't have to have all the high price guys at every position in order to win. This is not football and basketball. Yeah, but look at the pitching staff. You go for you have to have somebody else other than what they have, and the bullpen was bad last year, and you got a manager that, that uh, your ace reliever is uh, not doing anything, and now he's uh, letting him walk three guys, and uh, just leaving him out there, nobody backing him up. Nobody going uh, warming up in the bullpen until after he's uh, uh, walked three guys. Now, now I saw the the game that they almost blew, or that he almost blew against the Blue Jays, and then you got a double play to end the game, and you got out of yep. it. And he wasn't really closer to the plate. Now, I didn't see the game against the Orioles, but it sounded like he was closer to the plate, and he didn't get a lot of borderline calls in that game. Well, so, he's, he – should have had a strikeout and ended the uh, inning. Right. But they, uh, the umpires, which is uh, one reason why I'm uh, hesitant to watch a, a baseball game anymore because they'll call the same pitch a strike three times in the fourth time. It, it, it's a ball. So they, they don't know where the strike zone's at. Yeah, the home plate umpires in the Astros series over the weekend struggle too. Uh, as well, but, but, um, but so that, you know, that continues to be an issue and continues to support the people who want to have the automatic strike zone, but no, it is, um, uh, you know, I'm sure the Oriole fan, you know, one thing that's at least good in the NFL, you know, that, that normally doesn't happen where the Orioles of the world get calls against the Yankees of the world. So it's a little refreshing, but yeah, you, you never want the wrong calls to be made. So that that's not good. But if you took every game that was played yesterday, I think every uh, home plate umpire missed a lot of calls. I mean, not only in the Yankees, not only in the Strohs, but all of them missed calls. That, that is because, true. Go ahead. I mean, oh, I think that I think that's absolutely true. But again, you just watch a little bit of basketball, and it's like, oh man, I just can't. Watch oh no, I can't watch I mean, basketball. It, it it's just every call, every possession. But but I wouldn't if I'd watch basketball. I wouldn't have a television. <laughs> I mean, just oh, it's rough. I I don't I don't, I don't know. I I admire the ones who can handle it, who have the temperaments to handle. I I just can't do it. But no, they've got they. You know, there's no question. You know, like everything, some 
Some umpires are way better than others. And, I, I you know, the, I've seen most of the Astro games this year. I think the guys have done a pretty good job. But they, they had some rough moments in this series in Seattle. Well, we, we're going to continue to have rough moments. And, uh, but 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 Ellis, I don't think they're I don't think they're selling anytime soon. No, I, I don't see them selling. Right? Yeah, I don't think that's you know, going to happen. So they got to figure then, something out. Maybe maybe firing Cashman is what needs to happen. Well, Kevin, how, why would they fire him when the owner? Is telling him no. You can't spend money. You can't spend money. And then uh, whatever Hal I think's his name, he came out and said that uh, they were going to sign players. Well, they didn't. They, didn't sign, they signed players, but and the the, the one with uh, getting rid of um, Sanchez got them three players, and they're all helping. So. Well, we'll see. It, it's still, it's still. It, remember, you know this. It's extremely oh, early. Yeah. It's extremely early. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I appreciate the call. You hang in there. Okay, Kevin. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. All right. No, but look, I, look. I get Ellis's point having to do with the Yankees. Yeah, that the owners may be the issue, and and like he said, Bobby's been telling me that for years, but. If you're not gonna spend now, look, it's not like it's not like they're the Rays spending wise, but yeah, are they the to, are they now? You know, the punks are like the top spenders now. The punks are are the new Yankees, and so if you're the Yankees, if you're not gonna try to become be what the punks are right now, where you just you just throw money at every issue that you have, um then you got to have a GM that can operate under that system. And it doesn't seem like on the surface that Cashman is that guy that can operate under that system. And um, so we'll see if they can figure it out. Look, I don't want them to figure it out. It's just, it's, it is an interesting issue. No question. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Well, uh, Happy Patriots Day to all those Yankee loser whiners out there. <laughs> I like that. They, their problem is they judge themselves now by how they do against the Red Sox. <laughs> That's how bad the Yankees are. I got a friend in New Orleans I chat with back and forth at night. He's a big Yankee fan. He fire Cashman, fire Bone. Get rid of Judge. Get rid of John uh, Carlo. This would have never happened under Big Stein. <laughs> they don't know what to do with themselves. Oh man! But Kevin, uh, hey, at least you Astros. At least you have a manager who's willing to leave a pitcher in the game for eight innings. Uh, you know. Now I realize he he hadn't hit the arm is going to detach from the shoulder 100 pitch mark, uh, you know, but it's refreshing, uh, you know, that, that a guy can actually still pitch in eight innings yeah, that in was a nice. baseball game. Yes, that was nice. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and y'all have, whenever you get McCullers back, 
you'll have somebody else who's at least capable of going seven. And you got a you got a couple of them with the with the three amigos in there uh, that can do it as well. But uh, uh, you know, Michael K last night said something uh, during the broadcast uh, about pro sports and it being homogenized. In other words, what he meant is every team in whatever sport it happens to be, they're all trying to do the same thing. Nobody is trying anything different. You know, in the WNBA, it's all three-point shots. It's like that that three-point line inside of that is the forbidden zone. Like from uh, 2001, a space oddity. You can't go in the forbidden zone. Uh, baseball, it's the, you know, five innings. Yesterday, Michael Walker for the Red Sox, of all people. Five innings, one hit. I don't know, 80 pitches. Take him out. Why? Is the guy you're bringing in, can he do any better than that? Well, and I, I still the think idea though was to put your team in the best position to win that game. If that well, would happen in June or July, that guy in the game, right? But 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 Jules, if that was if this was June or July or August, I'd be a hundred percent in your corner. But I still think we're at the beginning of the year, and we're still coming off. You're still talking about a guy who's had a lot of injury issues, and we're coming off an incomplete spring training. So I I, I think it still falls under that category right now at this point in the season. Okay, so you're Dave Roberts then. Yes, I'm da- I was with Dave Roberts. Okay, well, let me let me tell you, this is the last thing I'm going to say uh, because uh, my game starts at 10 o'clock, okay. Patriots Day. Right, I got you. So anyway, it's what they now call uh, the relinquishing of the testicles. In other words, in Christopher Russo, they had him on last night, too, and he was livid about taking Kershaw out of that game. The day of the big-name ace starting Hall of Fame pitcher, that's over with. Yes, pretty much, yes. They've wiped that. That's one of the great things about the game from Walter Johnson and Cy Young. And, oh, no, we don't need that. We can get by with Joe Blow throwing three innings and then having eight other guys come in to finish out six innings or whatever the case may be. I I get it. I think there's a few. I think Verlander still has that. I think Scherzer still has that. But it's a very short list. I I, I agree with you. A very short list. You can't tell me that you enjoy it. Don't oh, no. tell me you enjoy no, I, I, it because I'll, you're I'll, lying. Okay, I'll, 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 I got to get to a break. I appreciate it, Jules, and I'll respond after this. I'll respond after right. this break. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and I'll answer, respond to that next in the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 
to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. Again, Astros can be heard right here tonight. 710, uh, first pitch. Home opener. <laughs> Two weeks into the season. Against the um against MVP Central Angels. We'll see how that goes. To respond to Jules. <clears throat> Look, I'm an old school guy in that I love starting pitchers that go seven and eight and maybe even nine innings. I'm totally for that. I've been complaining about the five-inning pitcher and the six-inning pitcher forever. But I'm a little different than a lot of people. You got One, I'm not about individual accomplishments. I don't need a no-hitter or a perfect game to enjoy a game of baseball. So I don't care about all the individual accomplishment stuff at all. The other thing is you still got to acknowledge the beginning of this season. It was an unusual era. And, again, if some of these pitchers that pitched 100 years ago were pitching in this era, they would do the same thing. So it's not about always how tough the pitchers are. It's about trying to be as healthy as possible. So I get it early on. Again, in June, I totally agree. But now I don't. All right. We will take a timeout after this first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, again, we covered it the first hour. Cajun baseball, one, two out of three. LSU baseball got swept at Arkansas, as we just heard at the top of the hour break. And uh, softball team had a very unusual series. For one, they ended up playing a Friday doubleheader because of the bad weather forecast for Saturday. And um, they swept. Wasn't good. It, um, It wasn't a good play all the time, but the result was great. Again, you... You, you, you had to pull pitchers and you made some errors and you did some things. It wasn't like, oh, like against the Troy series, they played tremendous. In this series, it was a little, some scary moments, like I said on Friday. Winning 10-7 to was great, but, man, that wasn't even a great offensive team that you played. To give up seven runs and three home runs, it was like, man, what is going on here? But... um. But they won the series, and so now, you know, they're going to stay on the road again. The Cajuns place at St. Louis t- this afternoon. They play at Illinois tomorrow. They play at Indiana on Wednesday, and they get Thursday off to travel to North to Boone, North Carolina to play app. So we'll see how they survive all of that. And Illinois is a team that's in, in position to maybe compete for the, the Big Ten championship. So, uh, the, that would be a really good win if they could get it. The only one that doesn't, that on paper, 
you know, won't help them RPI-wise at all is the St. Louis matchup today. So we'll see how the softball team. Obviously, a lot of NBA stuff going on. Any comments you have on that? Major League Baseball, Astros, home opener tonight. We mentioned that against the uh, MVP Central, the Angels. Uh, we'll see how all that plays out. But again, uh, as bad as the weekend was on one hand, because they got their face crushed twice in two games and hit into 652 double plays yesterday. Um, the one thing that was just overrode all of that was the way Verlander, to Jules's point, the way Verlander pitched. Not only did he go eight innings, he only gave up three hits, three singles, all in different. They didn't get to second base. He didn't walk anyone. He struck out eight. They didn't reach second base. I remember that was the lead of my story one time many, many years ago. The Cajuns played Georgia Georgia Tech in a regional in Starkville. And um, they didn't reach second base. That was like, they didn't reach second base. Forget third base. They didn't reach second base. But anyway, so that's kind of, it was a, uh, that was very, 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 very encouraging. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to James. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. Footsie, in no way am I a Dodgers fan, okay? In fact, the only Dodger I really ever liked was Fernando. And I guess that was long before Hannah was born. Right. Okay, but. All this stuff about Clayton Kershaw and pulling Clayton Kershaw, I mean, first of all, they didn't have a regular spring training. Right. So he wasn't able to ramp up his arm. So pulling him after 70-some-odd pitches, you know, this is one of the – you know, I agree with Dave Roberts. Yes. I think he he did the right thing. I I, I don't think it's because, because Clayton Kershaw was weak or Clayton Kershaw was feeble or Clayton Kershaw was this. I mean, I think it was just circumstances, and, and the man had to do it. I, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of like saying, well, we made a bowl game. Well, that's not the same thing as saying you made a bowl game in the 70s. Right. There's 400 bowl games now. In the 70s, there were like 15. I mean, and as far as uh, Verlander, Verlander had only thrown 83 pitches, so he went eight in. I mean, you know, you can't compare apples and oranges and then call up a radio show and, and and you know make like somebody was weak or something. I mean, it just it just it, it's just not fair. It's not right. I mean, you have to have a command of the facts, you know. So I, I'm going to take Dave Roberts' side on this. I agree. I think he, I, I I think he did the right thing. And as far as LSU baseball goes, you know that that that's a pitiful. That that is a you know. That's a pitiful excuse for for operation. Do you realize that like they haven't even competed? Well, they they did. They competed. They they were in a national championship series in 2017, but since 2009, they've been in one championship series in 13 years. Man. Yeah. No. And do you realize that the current coach? This is what gets me. Okay. The current coach, which I don't really have a problem with the man. I mean, I'm sure he needs some time. He was in junior high school when people like me were in left one, sweating, and they only had one set of bleachers 
at, at the old Alex Box stadiums. You realize for the National Championship or, or, uh, 91, 93, 96, 97, 2000. Five of the national, five of the six national championships for LSU were won at the old Alex Box Stadium. That's true. You know, yeah. You know, so these cats that you know things change over the years. These cats at the new Alex Box Stadium, they don't have any idea. These long-haired hippies that they got on the team, <laughs> they don't have any idea what LSU baseball is. Have you ever have you seen an LSU baseball game? Have you looked at some of these cats? I have seen enough to see. I know what you're talking about. Yes, sir. I mean, do you think they have any uh, 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 feel for the history of LSU baseball? No, they don't have any feel for the history of LSU baseball. Hey, man, it's just somewhere to show up, get an NIL deal, do my thing, and hope I make it to the make it to the major league. LSU baseball is no longer what LSU baseball was. It, it, it's dead. What what LSU baseball was in the 90s is completely dead. Well, I mean, now one thing you have to admit, though, again, you, you take out Tennessee and you take out Arkansas for the most – even Vanderbilt's not – you know, looking way, 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 way above average. I think everybody else is about the same in the SEC. Not there's not like more than like two elite teams right now. No, and no, you're probably right. And all I'm gonna tell you is, you need to quit making fun of the Angels because the last time I checked, they were half a game back of the Astros. Well, I respect them, but they're they're MVP Central. That's what they are. Well, the fight no Tani. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, Shohei Otani. Hey, who, who don't, be like. pull, don't be you pulling don't like. for the Angels. I'm not pulling for the Angels, but I like Shohei Otani. No, I, I didn't hear. Did I hear at the beginning of this conversation that you were pulling for Fernando and Fernando Amania against the Astros? Did I hear that? I said I liked Fernando. There's a difference between liking somebody and pulling for them to be dashed. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. I loved Fernando Mania. I did not want him to be Astros. I get. Okay. I like Shohei Otani. I think it's a great story. I do not want him to be Astros. I mean, the Astros could win like one nothing. I think that'd be great. <laughs> well, I would love that too. All right. I just want to make All sure. Right, Take care. Yes, sir. All right. All right. <clears throat> no, it's gonna be. Um... Look, the Angels have some good hitters. There's no arguing. I mean, I think Rendon is good. He's had a rough injured season last year. I think Mike Trout's a good hitter. I think Shohei is going to have a little – he's having a little bit of a medicine season start to this season. But, I mean, he's good. Now, one guy I think is terrible is that Joe Adele. Why do they like that guy? He is terrible. Now – I guess it's possible that he's just going through what Icky went through his first two stints in the major leagues. But, man, Joe Adele looks terrible. He can't field. He has no plate discipline. He looks – he has no instincts on a baseball. Joe Adele looks like the – you know, everything that people say about the negatives about travel ball, he looks like a travel ball player in the major leagues. That's what Joe Adele looks like. All the the cliches or the stereotypes about that the the anti travel ball people. That's what I think about when I watch Joe Adele. He he has no instincts on a baseball field. None. 
And I, I don't know, you know, well, I hope he doesn't reward their patience because he's in my division and I want him to be a complete failure. But he he um he just he just looks terrible. Uh you know, Fletcher, I hate yeah, it's not like I I disrespect all their players. They got a good closer. Uh, if Thor uh, Syndergaard does well, then you know their their starting rotation will be a little better, no question. Uh, I um I don't think they're terrible, but you know the whole MVP thing just gets a little too much to to handle sometimes. But but no, I, I I'm worried about the Rangers because they can hit. I'm worried about Seattle because they're good. And I'm worried. I worry about uh, the Angels just because they they got a lot of talent. There's no question they got talent. But uh, man, I, I just think if to Jules's point, if McCullers can come back, whether it's five weeks from now, six weeks from now, for whatever, and be McC- the McCullers that we saw last year. And it might actually be a blessing in disguise if they can keep their head above water till then. And Framber can be Framber, the good Framber more often than not. And Verlander's Verlander, which I didn't think was possible, but through two starts, it looks pretty possible. Then this might be the best starting rotation in baseball. I mean, they all have a chance to be. Like, they got to figure out, like, Oda Rizzi's not going to be in this rotation for a long, long time, I wouldn't think. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Uh, Urquidy, I love, although he got lit yesterday. He's got to do better than that. Luis Garcia's pretty good. Man. And then they, and then they got um, Christian Javier in the bullpen, and I, I really think he's about to turn a corner. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep him out of there either. So it's got a chance to be the best rotation in baseball, or at least in that conversation. So no, it's uh it'll be interesting to see. But again, I just it's a free country. Obviously, bitter can like who he wants. It's free country. But I just there's certain players that you say you like in terms of fantasy, or there's certain players that you they don't disgust you. You know, I don't really dislike a lot of opponents. Um, individual players. There's only certain ones, you know, the punks you dislike. But, but um, no, I just the the hype machine people. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to pull for. It just is. That's just the natural. I'm not in for the hype machine people. All right, we will take a timeout. Come back. Got it started, folks. It's ten days away. Got to start putting some pen to paper with the NFL draft. We'll start that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you want to do a Festival International, the way to do it is to go to the website, join the Rewards Club. You might win a great prize pack that will include uh, shaded seating, front row seats to and stage areas, uh, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, posters, all kind of great stuff. Festival International, the right way. You could win this prize pack by going to, to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. I don't, you know me, anybody who's ever listened to me over the years, I normally don't really look at the standings until June the 1st. June the 1st is normally when we say, okay, let's look at the standings. Before June the 1st, it's just silly to look at the baseball standings and worry about it, in my opinion. Again, it's a free country. If you want to look at the standings every day, that's fine. But I I did glance at the AL. <laughs> I did, because we had some, you know, Paul called and Ellis called, and they're like, they're, they're, they're putting dirt on the Yankee season. So I was like, um, like I don't pay attention to records this early. So I mean, what really is the Yankees record? I don't know. I mean, I saw them went beat the Blue Jays the other night. <coughs> so I looked it up. The Yankees are five and five, one game out of first place with a hundred and fifty something games to go. They're five and five, one game out of first place. And they're throwing dirt on their season with 150 games to go or whatever they got left. 100, probably 52, 53 games to go. No, 150. Well, they're five and five. 152 games left. Uh, kind of reminds me of the old, the old Bill Walton story. And again, I, this is way, way, way paraphrased. But Bill Walton was, oh, I don't like the way the Lakers are looking tonight. They're not passing the ball. They're not playing great defense. Ball movement is not good at all. Their rotations are not good. Bill, it's two to nothing. Calm down, Bill. It's two to nothing. <laughs> wow. Look, I get the paranoia because, but but don't start panicking at five and five. Panic in the in the in the off season in spring training. Again, I think the Yankees have the fourth most talented team in their division. But they're 5-5 five and five in one game out of first place. Let's calm down just a little bit. All right. Um, I said I, I was going to put pen to paper. We gotta, it, we're 10 days away from the NFL draft. And I'm trying to ignore, although, again, like I said last hour, <clears throat> I just – you know, go to the my normal little, okay, let's see what stories are out there, what people are saying kind of thing. Catherine Terrell, Saints picking a quarterback. Jeff Duncan, Saints picking a quarterback. What are y'all talking about? Can they just give it a rest? Like, do they all have this, um, all right, we got, we got to put out all this misinformation, like Raymond keeps saying, and it's like, they did they sign a contract? Like we gotta put out misinformation. It's all we got all these QWs everywhere all over the country. We got a nation full of quarterback worshipers. QWs everywhere. We can't fight them off. So, like, we we gotta get these little beat people all over the country. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Man, give it a rest. 
So I just, I, I, I'm trying to, to fight that off. I had a meltdown about a week ago with that. And I kind of calmed down and everyone kind of stabilized me. And to Ellis's point, even Mike DeTia, he was talking quarterback earlier this offseason, uh, is basically saying that's not going to happen. And, and there's, there's absolutely zero logic to it. Look, I get Duncan's point that if they were going to pick a quarterback, the old Parcells, Stalin uh, rationale or checklist uh, that that picket meets most of those. I get that, but th- th- there's just there's just no logic to picking a quarterback, like none. There's zero logic to picking a quarterback. So, with that said, I, I again I, I think it's more. It goes way further than the Saints. I just, I, I, I think it's very possible to Arnold's will, but I don't think there's very many other teams that will unless someone trades up. All right. With all of that said, we, we, most people, most mock drives you have have the the Jags picking Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. They have, their defense was not that bad last year. At times, it was really good. Their offense was awful. You just drafted a quarterback number one overall. He did not have a good season. Your offense was awful. Now, your coaching staff was probably not the best. Your schemes were probably not the best. So there's a. am not saying give up on your quarterback at all. That's not what I'm saying. But you hired an offensive football coach. Like in Doug Peterson. Like a big-time offensive football coach. Now, sometimes... Just because you're an offensive football coach doesn't mean you're never going to pick defense. And if they pick defense, will anybody be shocked? No, no one should be shocked by it. But I, I'm i not just totally convinced that Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the number one pick. You have an offensive head coach who wants to get his. He was brought in to make the offense good. Now, he's brought in to win games, yes, but they hired Doug Peterson to make this number one quarterback look good. That's why they hired him. <clears throat> so why is everyone think it's a lock that they're going to pick a defensive player? When they brought an offensive-minded head coach in to make a, a second-year quarterback who looked terrible in year one, and whose offense looked terrible in year one, to make him look good, to make progress. So to me, the, his first step is to make the offense better. So, again, they might just say, look, look, Doug, I know you want to make the offense better. This Aiden Hutchinson guy is just way better than everyone else. He has the highest grade. Is that possible? Yes, that's possible. But I don't think it's a lock. 
right now, and this is not, I haven't seen this very often. I saw it some early on, but everyone's gotten away from this. Right now, I have Evan Neal as the number one pick on my little thing. Now, again, I got 10 days left on my little mock draft. I know some people think having all these little mock drafts is silly, and I understand that perspective, but I, I think it's fun. Right now, I have Evan Neal because in my mind, I'm like, they're going to pick an offensive player. Why does everyone keep thinking they're going to pick a defensive player? Plus, Aiden Hutchinson to Chuck's Lions just makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Now, where I really struggle with is at number three. And again, if you have... If you've heard any bit of logic or one of these reports that makes sense to you that where you think, no, Hutchinson's doing this or Neil's going here for sure or whatever, certainly feel free to call me because I, I want to hear it. I don't really want to hear about quarterbacks because I'm not a QW as much as I want to hear about this right now. But, but um, if you want to call about quarterbacks, QW or not, certainly feel free to do that as well. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. <clears throat> the Texans at three. Um, right now, I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm kind of torn on them. I got to tell you, and I don't think I'm the only one around the country that are is like, man, I just don't know about what the Texans are going to do. Um. I'm struggling between – I don't think they're going to pick an offensive lineman. I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback. I don't think they're going to pick a wide receiver. It's a little tad early for that. Plus, <clears throat> they re-sign Aquaman. And again, they've got a defensive head coach. They just hired their defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith. Their defense was not good. So I'm deciding between Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon, and Trayvon Walker, defensive end from Georgia. I I don't know. Uh, for about a week, I had Walker here. And as of right now, with, again, 10 days left, I've got Thibodeau here. I, I don't know what to think of Thibodeau. Some people seem to like him. Some people seem to be down on him. I was thinking the Oregon connection after picking an Oregon player last year. For a while, I had Thibodeau at two. But I, I've kind of changed that. Um, Right now, I have Thibodeau at three. But, again, I, I had Walker there for a week. I, or, I don't know. The interesting thing to me is if Walker doesn't go three, I'm, I just don't know where he's going to go. He's a guy that he is was started out kind of at the bottom and has been rising. Thibodeau started out as a potential number one and has been falling in most mock drafts. Doesn't mean either one of them's accurate. But <clears throat> so three is a major question mark and could impact what, what goes on all these other ones. I think uh, four is going to be the cornerback, Gardner, to the Jets. I think they're every, the Jets are in a good spot. 
They have two top 10 picks, and they need everything, except maybe a quarterback. And even if they really need a quarterback, it's too early to end. They have to put some talent around the first-round quarterback from a year ago and let him really prove that he can't do it in Wilson. So um, I I think they're going to pick a cornerback from Cincinnati, Gardner. So I have him at four, and I feel pretty good about that pick. At five right now, I think the Giants, the midgets, are going to pick Hamilton, the, the safety from Notre Dame, who some people have say he might be the best player in the whole draft, but he's been dropping because of some 40 that he ran at the combine, which I think is silliness. I, I, I don't I don't think there I don't think a team who is high on Hamilton is gonna stop being high on him because he ran some zigzag 40. At the combine, uh, not as high as what we thought. I mean, I don't think that. I think that's silliness. So I think I think Hamilton's going to go to the Giants. At six, I think I still have Kenny Pickett, although, again, it would not. If the Arnold sign Baker Mayfield between not, in the next 10 days, Baker Mayfield, then they're not going to pick a quarterback. I still have Kenny Pickett. Some people have Willis here. It's the only one where quarterback makes a little sense, at least maybe a little sense. And then and the Giants at seven, I think I think if Neil is still there, if I'm wrong, I think Neil will still be there and they'll pick Neil. If if Neil, if I'm right and Neil goes one, then I think they'll pick uh the the tackle from North Carolina State and, and and here, but they'll pick a tackle. I think if Neil if Neil is still available, they're going to pick Neil at five and pick Hamilton at seven. If Neil goes before them, then they'll pick Hamilton at five and pick Awanu at at, at seven. Is kind of what I'm thinking. So that gets us through seven picks. Although three, I really don't know. I'm just you know it's a guess for all of them, but it's really a guess for three. All right. Having too much fun. Got to take a timeout. Got to follow the rules. And so we'll take that timeout right now and come back at the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Kevin Foote, an award winning journalist, popular sports talk show host. And a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 
Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival scheduled for May 20th through 22nd. By the time we get to the weekend, we'll only be about a month away from that. It seems so far away when we first started talking about this, but it's getting close. If you would like to win in VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival scheduled May 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama, you need to do it's real simple to put yourself in position anyway. It doesn't mean you're going to win, but you can't win if you don't go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club, and if you do that by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, you might win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival May the 22nd, 20th through the 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. All right, so look, for those of you who say, man, he's not really going to go all the way to 32 here. No, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do the top 10, get a little bit out of the way. We might, again, it might change over the next 10 days. We'll put it on the shelf a little bit for another couple days, uh, either later this week or sometime next week. We, we want to try to, before we go off the air next Thursday, 10 days from now, we want to try to kind of at least have what our mock draft is and, and our guess, ginormous guess, and then see it, you know how many we get right on uh, – when the when the first round actually happens. Now, things could even change after that because what could happen? You could get a trade on draft day. And so-and-so trade up. I don't really know why you wouldn't wait till the actual draft that evening, but I guess it's always possible. You know, we had really, obviously, the Saints and the Eagles made a really early um, trade that impacted who was picking where in the first round. And if that afternoon someone makes a trade, then, um, you know, could have to tweak some things between the time we get off the air 10 days from now and when the when the draft actually starts. By the way, I think I heard that the draft actually starts at 7. Are they crazy? Why are they not starting at 6? I mean, we're going to be waiting all these days, and they're going to make us wait all the way to 7 o'clock. Did I hear that right? I hope I didn't, but I think that's what I heard. It actually is going to start at 7. You're killing me with that. Killing me. All right, so we left off um, at 7 as far as the top 10. I, I really think, and a lot of this is a pretty popular one. I mean, some of the really popular picks I agree on. And some of them I disagree on. That's just the way, it, you know, that, that's not uncommon. Um, some people have the Falcons picking a quarterback here. Quite a few people have that. I've got, I, I've, I've been pretty consistent. I, I think they're going to pick Garrett Wilson now. Again, they may surprise me. They may go pick a defensive player. <clears throat> they might pick Trevon Walker right here if he's still available. Or Kayvon Thibodeau if he's still available. But I don't think so. I, I think um, they're gonna. They need. They have a serious need at wide receiver, and I think they're gonna pick Wilson from from Ohio State right here. The next one is one that I've kind of stuck on, and it's kind of funny. There's the like we talk about. There's football, and then there's the game of the draft. And I've been having Charles Cross going to. Um, 
offensive tackle from Mississippi State going to the Seattle to the Seahawks for quite a while now. And it's um it's it obviously is it a lock? Of course it's not a lock. I mean it it could uh of course it could it could change. But the problem with doing the game of the draft is if I change my mind and I get it wrong, then I'm really going to be kicking myself. But if I if I stick with Cross and get it wrong, you say, oh, well, I got it wrong. But if I change it to, you know, whoever, Walker or Thibodeau or whoever, um, then then I'll really be, man, you, you stuck with it for all that time and then you blew it, you know, so that'll make it kind of worse. Now, tomorrow on the show, we're going to discuss a little more about the whole idea, is it better to, is it better to trade to get a player you need who's a veteran who you've already has some proven success at the NFL level, or is it better to draft one? I think that depends on the position. But if indeed Seattle trades DK Metcalf between in the next 10 days, which a lot of people are discussing, you know, that is that is a pretty popular topic or a pretty popular rumor. A lot of people have have thought about it for sure, discussing it. Um, Would that change? Would that force me to say, okay, they're going to pick a receiver here? They just have so many. The, the, the Seahawks, a team that's won so many games over the last 10 years and have been a perennial contender, they have gone from a perennial contender to being a poor man's jet <laughs> heading in the office and that they need just about everything. I mean, there's not a lot of areas that you can say, man, the Seahawks are really strong in that area. Like, they're not going to pick a safety. That I agree with. But could they use a receiver? Yeah. Could they lose an offensive lineman? Yeah. Could they use a defensive lineman? Yeah. Could they use a linebacker? Yeah. They need just about everything. They don't need a punter. They got a good one. I don't even love their kicker. Other than safety and punter, they're pretty iffy in a lot of areas, including quarterback. And so, you know, they're one of the teams that if they picked a quarterback at nine, a lot of people have them picking a quarterback at nine. But for now, I'm sticking with with, with Cross. And then... 10, the second Jets pick, I think if Thibodeau's still there, if he drops, he'll be picked there. If Thibodeau goes and Walker, uh, I I think one of them will be there. You know, I've seen some people have wide receiver here for the Jets. But I I think, again, you've got a – they brought a defensive-minded coach in, and the defense was terrible, terrible. So they they really I, I I I could they pick a wide receiver certainly they could, 
Yeah, they could. Uh, and some people don't love Becton, but I just don't think you can afford to pick an offensive tackle if you're them. I think they've got to pick playmaking defenders or a wide receiver, the Jets. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to Chris. Hello. Hey, hey Kevin. How you doing, Bob? Howdy, sir. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm still right at this particular juncture. I'm going off of what Nikki Loomis had said about uh, to the media that we're not done yet. And, and where I mean, what I mean by that is I went on Saints Wire this week, which is a publication by the Saints, and it basically talks about news within the organization. And it talked about four trading partners that would go down in the draft. I don't know if you had taken a look at it or not. Very intriguing. Uh, teams like Tennessee, which I think is around 22, Green Bay, um, the Detroit Lions, um, and what it would do, it would solidify not only three picks within the top 100, it would solidify like five picks within the top 80. Uh, and it's really, really interesting. I mean, a lot of these players, I've been saying it, that the top part and the bottom part of the draft, in my opinion, are their strength. I mean, they really are. I mean, the melting pot, what falls of the Saints is fine. It, it could be, a, if it's a Garrett Wilson, then you have to take it. But I, in my opinion, I don't see Garrett Wilson falling that far. But I'm just under the impression that because of the amount of picks, that they, they almost could drop down and garner quite a nest egg full of picks that they would be happy with. And again, get where you're drafting at those particular positions, getting the athlete that fits that particular position. Um, no, I, I'm with you. So, spot. so what, what were they thinking? Because I'm thinking like a second and a third. Like, what were they thinking if they traded down one of their first round picks and to bottom of the towards the bottom of the first round? What were they speculating that they would get for that? Thirty four and thirty five, and maybe like a fifty four from the Detroit Lions, which I thought was pretty strong. I mean, really strong. I mean, because I mean, you could you could literally almost grab a Lewis sign, the safety from Georgia there. Yes. You could grab Tyler Smith, who I'm really sign is is climbing up the boards at an alarming rate, just because of the competition that he actually played with it in the SEC. Tyler Smith, the offensive lineman, they've even had Bernhard Ryman, that that offensive tackle from Central Michigan, actually yes. going that low. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, rather than pigeonholing yourself with like a pinning or something like that at 19 with a guy that played in a different division and, and you know may may have some difficulty you know adapting we don't need a we don't need to draft another tony well i remember that player remember with green bay guy by the name of tony mandrich right i mean he was a absolute freak from a physical standpoint but he he kind of played he, he couldn't adapt to the, the style of the nfl and they um i trust the scouts i trust the homework that they've done um, there's only one true left tackle, honestly, in this draft. It's Cross, a guy from Mississippi State, uh, that you're going to be able to go up there or not be able to fall. Uh, but I, I think the uh, I think the Saints have always pretty much stuck to the best available player on their draft board when it falls to them, and I, I don't think that they're going to deviate from that. Well, I, I think the needs are pretty specific. I, you know, I. 
it's possible that you're right. And again, we're going to look at it tomorrow. There's a player that we haven't really mentioned on this show. Maybe some people have mentioned it elsewhere that it wouldn't shock me if they picked him. We'll discuss a few of those categories there. But no, I'm all for trading back. I opened up on Friday the possibility of discussing trading back, which we never discuss because they never do it. But I'm I'm all for it, and I, I would not be upset at all if you are correct. I appreciate you go, calling. Go on St. Clark, Kevin. You'll see what I'm talking about. There's four teams that are there that are that 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 they've kind of suggested some some draft picks right. that you want to get get up to get no, up. No, it, it makes sense. We we, we it, it makes sense for sure. I mean, I think Green Bay could. I think the Chiefs could. I think the Lions could. Uh, the Titans make sense. All, all, all of those make sense. It's just the Saints have never done it, and hopefully they – or it's been 15, 16 years since they've done it. I'm I'm all for doing it this year. I appreciate yeah. the call. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Kevin. You- all right. We'll take a timeout, finish out today's program next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 18, 2008. In a 28-2 vote by the Board of Governors, NBA owners give approval for the Seattle Supersonics to relocate to Oklahoma City. The team leaves and is then renamed the Oklahoma City Thunder. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foote. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind, give you one more reminder before we end today's show, Mr. Lester's. You could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse if you join the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. So sign up today. Also want to remind you, Astros, Angels, Home opener at Minute Maid Park, 7-10 first pitch. You can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette. Um, Again, trading back. The problem with trading back is, one, they've never gotten it. And, two, are you really – if there's a receiver or alignment that they like that's there, are they going to be willing to trade back? But I also don't think if if there's a lot of trading in the first round, I think it's going to go in between 10 and 20, not as much in the top 10, because I don't think there's a quarterback worth taking in the top 10. So we'll see how that works out. All right, that'll do it for today. 